All right, good morning. Brandon, great job this morning. Brandon can just do everything. I was just coming up here. You know, because the first few times I preached uh, a couple years ago, it seemed like every time I got up here, I was having mic issues. I shouldn't have said that, right? But I'm on a roll. It's like four times in a row. So I, w- I was uh, wondering, since we had a little change this morning, if I was going to come up here. But it sounds like I'm live and we're good to go and ready to go. Okay, I was going to start. Before we get into James, that is where we're going to find ourselves here in James, uh, still in chapter one here in just a minute. I planned on saying one thing before we get there. I'm going to say two things. So I'll start with this, since uh, Jeff alluded to this uh, a few minutes ago, um, about my mentioning to him I had scheduled to preach once, and uh, I said, why don't you let me preach twice? Now, the reason I, here's the, not the reason why. I didn't send that text because I love standing up in front of a group of people, all right? I'll allude to that here in a minute. But I think it's, maybe this is a good place to say, and I, I say this whenever I have opportunity, I think you realize this, and I do because I have been in a good number of handful of churches and sat under a lot of different preachers and pastors. We are a privileged people. And I know, and a lot of you know, but I know what seriousness Jeff approaches the Word of God and the time and energy he puts in, and it is tolling. It is a great burden and responsibility to stand up here each week and share the Word of God with you. We are privileged. That was my reason to say he always comes up. He, he does not want to give up his pulpit. I appreciate that. But he also needs a break sometimes from that pressure. And so I will come and stand in his place. Okay, now to get to the point of what I was going to share, which we'll kind of tie in that a little bit. Uh, just for you to get to know me a little bit, because uh, many of you I know, but some of you I don't know as well um, and don't have as many opportunities to cross paths. Um, when I was a kid, uh, as back as far as I can remember, my natural personality is shy, timid. I am much more of an introvert. Uh, there are some of you in here that are that exact same way, and you would understand. And so I remember even um, my earliest days I can remember, and if I was going to meet a, a new person and I was next to my mom, I literally would be hiding behind her because that's just that's my personality. Um, that hasn't really changed a whole lot, except my mother's not around. Um, and so uh, I, I vividly remember, there's a point to this, by the way. Uh, I vividly remember God beginning to do things in my life and present me with opportunities uh, to work on that area in my life. And it was my sophomore year of high school. We had just moved to a new state. I was at a new school, new kids, friends that I didn't really know very well. And somehow, God in his sovereignty allowed me to be voted the class president of that class. Now, it was not because, they didn't even know me, so it wasn't because I was some great guy. It was kind of by default. I won't go into why that was the case. Um, But I had to run class meetings. I had to stand up in front of a group of people. That is the first time I can really remember being up in front of a group of people and being scared to death. Right? Okay, what, what, is the, what is the greatest fear that people have? You know, public speaking, right? Yeah. What's the point? Well, get to know me a little bit. I, I, I honestly, I would rather be you than me right now. 
But whenever I, and I say this every time, I'm thankful and glad to share God's word because I have a message that matters. All right, so go back to my, my point. So God, in his sovereignty, again, that sophomore year of high school, I can go back to a number of different times where God pushed me into areas where I had to do public speaking, or I had to stand up in front of people, pushed me out of my comfort zone. I'm not naturally a talker. Some of you can literally talk about anything, anytime, for as long as there is time, okay? One of them is sitting in the booth covering the soundboard. I, I, sometimes I wish I had some of Brandon's person. That's not me. I can't, I'm not good at that. God did not give me that way. But somehow, God has called me and he has enabled me. So here I am, and I haven't ran off the stage crying yet. It's okay. What's the point? Two things. One, maybe you get to know me a little bit. So if I ever come across like I'm mm, not very friendly, it's really I'm just, I'm not a very good talker, okay? I'm kind of shy. That's okay. Some of you are too. But you know what? God has called us to do. That's really going to be the focus of today's message, right? God has called us to do. So despite your personality or the circumstances that surround you, God will enable, enable you to do what he has called you to do. So I don't know what it will, God will speak to your, your, your heart and mind here in the next 30, 35 minutes, but I hope that we will leave here with a plan of action to do what God has called us to do. That's really the goal. So let's get into James this morning. So turn to James 1 if you're not already turned there. I'll share a funny story while you're turning James 1. Not that it'll take you that long. So two weeks ago, I, I preached, right? So I preached for 50 minutes. That was, I don't know how that happened. All right, so, uh, and it was still short, amen? All right, so, uh, so at the, at the, after I preached, I mean, that's a lot of talking for a guy like me. So, you know, after we leave and we've talked to some of you, and, and that's, my words are used up for the day. And so I was done. Um, so Brian was like, hey, let's go, let's go, um, you know, go to the uh, golf range and let's, let's go uh, hit some balls. And so we ended up golfing nine holes. And so I'm like, that's great. Brian's like me in that way. He's he just quiet, doesn't have to talk a lot. It's just, it's great. Let's go out, no one around, and we can just like, just enjoy the beautiful day. And God, again, in his sovereignty, grouped us up with an, uh, another guy that we golfed with. I literally told Brian, I was like, God has got a sense of humor. I'm, I was serious. I was just so like, I'm done. And it was actually great. He was a believer. I uh, had great conversation. Uh, actually, his son was a youth pastor, so it was, it was, it was neat. Anyways, it was, it was kind of humorous at the same time. All right, James. In review here, James is a test or a validation of what? Genuine faith, all right? We've said that over and over again. Okay, so in review, quickly, we're not going to, you don't have to write these down. I've mentioned these pretty much every time. Genuine faith, we looked at these in the first three verses of James. Genuine faith perseveres in trials. Then we looked at genuine faith withstands during temptations. We mentioned that two weeks ago as well. And then when we, our focus last time, two weeks ago, genuine faith hears or listens, receives God's word. And that was kind of the focal point as we ended the message two weeks ago. So that brings us to verse 21. So James 1, verse 21. Let's jump right in here this morning. Verse 21. Therefore, put away... All right, whenever... And I was raised right, right? Whenever you see the word therefore, you're supposed to go back and see what it is. Therefore. therefore. Okay, good. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so again, last time we talked about we are supposed to be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. We talked about that. But we're supposed to be quick to hear 
God's word. So since we're supposed to, when given God's word, God's word is proclaimed and taught, we're supposed to be quick to hear, therefore, or what do we need to do? Therefore, put away all filthiness. Okay, this is going to hinder us from the ability to hear you know, God's word. Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if any one is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Basically, what I want to do this morning is just go through those few verses and see what God has for us this morning. So let's look at verse 21. Again, we just two weeks ago got done talking about how we need to be quick to hear God's word, right? So therefore, because of this, we need to put away filthiness and wickedness. Why? So we're able to receive, as it says right there, we're able to receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. All right, so uh, point number one there on your sheet, sin hinders our ability to hear and understand God's word. Sin in your life is going to cause you to not be able to hear the voice of God as you would if you did not have that sin. All right, let me give you a verse. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Why is that? Because sin in our life affects our relationship with our Father. Sin in our life affects that communication. Again, that reference was Psalm 66, 18. There it is. Okay. Okay, so let's go and look at these two words, all right? So to be able to receive God's word, James is saying, put away, and then he gives us these two things, filthiness and wickedness. Okay, let's look at this first word, filthiness. This word is referring to any moral sin or defilement. Now, I actually looked this up in a couple of different places just to see that, but it gives us this picture of earwax. All right, as gross as that is, I'm going to still tell you a story. So this idea of, look, so if you have a ton of, pardon me, my wife was like, you're really going to tell you that? Yeah. I told you some things last time two weeks ago I shouldn't have told you either, and some of you brought that back. Okay, so picture this amount of earwax that can hinder my ability to hear. Okay, now how many of you have ever used an earwax candle? I was actually very, okay, good, no, okay. How many even know what I'm talking about, earwax candle? Okay, now some people say these things don't work. I think they do. I've actually used them many times. Okay, so if you don't know what it is, it's basically about this long, and it kind of gets a little pointy at the bottom, and you kind of lean your head, you lean your head like this, and you stick this in, and in your ear, and then you light the end, and the heat draws the wax out of your ear. A bunch of you are going to be like, ah, let's try it. Okay. I think it works. I've done it a bunch of times. Well, here I'm going to prove to you that it works. Because I've done it a bunch of times, and you really can't. I can, I can literally hear the, it being pulled out. It's actually a really cool sensation. Anyways, so my brother had not, this was a handful of years ago. My brother had never done this. We're like, hey, you, guys, you want to do an earbuds? We're like, sure. And so we, we do it to him. And, we, and, we, and we guess when he's all done, we're like, here's a novel idea. Let's cut it open and see what's inside. So we did. I'll end the story there. Okay, so the picture of this filthiness, as gross as that is, 
It really is earwax that can hinder our ability for the ear to do the function that it's supposed to be doing, right? Okay, so James here is using this picture of this filthiness of something that is in our life causing us to not be able to hear God's word as we should. Have you ever wondered why your walk with Christ is struggling? Have you ever wondered why I don't sense God's presence maybe like I did at another time? Again, this word filthiness has this moral center defilement. So as I was even thinking through this week, what are some areas that this group in here may have some moral center struggle with? I was thinking of the area of pornography. I, did, I actually looked up some statistics of, this was a study that was done a month ago, actually. And it's, it gave the, the figure of 70% of men that were part of this study viewed pornography once a month. Okay. This is, again, this is what James is talking about, this, this filthiness, all right? It can hinder our ability to hear God's Word. It said when it was just guys that, um, this was referring to men, that said they were some sort of religious group, not whatever that would be, that number went down from 70, went down to 50. That's still one out of two. This actually surprised me. It said one-third of those that used pornography were women. Okay? Now, this message is not about pornography, but it may be the one thing that someone in here needs to hear and says, you know what, your life and God's blessing in your life is going to be greatly affected, and that filthiness is what James is saying is get rid of because you're not going to be able to be able to hear God's word and grow how God wants you to. Get rid of it. You know, maybe it's a young person in a relationship that there's some inappropriateness that shouldn't be going on, that God is saying, this is what is in your life, and you can't hear my voice because of this filthiness. Maybe it's another area of moral sin. That's what that word filthiness. James here says what? Get rid of it. That next word, wickedness. Okay, this is sin that is deliberate and intentional. All right, so it kind of, it, it carries this idea, and we could give a long list of different things here. It carries this idea that something is, that is planned or even strategized, you had time to think and process, and you continued on with this act of sin. We're in tax time. All right, I think the deadline was moved a couple weeks from now. Uh, so some of you have already done them. Some of you may be doing it. Here's an opportunity for you to have wickedness in your life, and you plan and strategize, how can I cheat on my taxes? Maybe it's some sort of sly and dishonest business deal that you have going, and you're deliberately cheating someone or lying about that. Maybe it's a relationship with a friend or spouse that you are lying to to get some, more, some advantage. Okay, what's the idea here? The idea is that we have a chance to consider response, and we are deliberate and intentional and make a conscious choice to sin. That's what this wickedness word here. So James here says, put it away. Get rid of it. So I don't know what... God may have, or the Holy Spirit may have laid on your heart that fits into one of those two words, but it is affecting your ability to grow and hear God's Word. James says, you're in, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to get rid of it. All right, let's look at the next part. So then it says, and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. All right, this implanted literally means like a seed that is planted in the ground and then it is nourished, it is it's sunlight, it gets water, and it grows, and it continues to grow. Right? Just like the seed of the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and powerful, right? And it continues to grow in my life. So 
and receive with meekness this idea of a, a, a humble, a, a spirit of humility. Let's receive with meekness the implanted word. And then you come to this next phrase, which is able to save your souls. Now, I was reading through this several times, and I, I was a little confused, actually. What, what is this able to save your souls? What is this meaning? Because if I have the word of God implanted in me, so I hear and receive the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for my sins and that implanted word is in me, then aren't I already saved? What does this phrase mean? Which is able to save your souls? Right, let me see if I can explain it this way. I think this will be on your sheet there. I think I'm safe and able to say that there are three steps to complete freedom. Are you with me? Three steps to complete freedom. These are words that you probably will have uh, heard before. Number one, justification. What does justification mean? Every time I've given the, I don't know when I heard this, but justification being to be declared righteous. At the point of salvation, we are spared from hell and damnation and all of God's wrath that was headed in my direction because of my sin at the point of justification, that is removed. God's wrath is not in my direction anymore. I am justified. I'm declared righteous. I think we've sung this song in here before, wherever Chris is at. I think it's been a while. His robes for mine, O wonderful exchange. Listen to these words. Clothed in my sin, Christ suffered neath God's rage. Draped in His righteousness, I'm justified. In Christ I live, for in my place He died. What an awesome thought. What is that saying? I was clothed in rags of sinfulness and wickedness, and God's wrath was in my direction, and my home was hell. But when I became justified because of what Christ did on the cross. What did he do? He exchanged his robes for mine, a wonderful exchange. What did he do? He took my filthy rags and put them on him. And God's wrath was poured out on his son. That's not the end of the story. God took his robes of righteousness, catch what's going on here, and he draped them on me. So when God the Father looks down from heaven, he sees me as perfect because of what Christ did on the cross. That's justification. I'm freed from the penalty of sin. That's powerful. Number two, that's step one to freedom, all right? I'm freed from the penalty of sin. Step number two is sanctification. Now, I know you guys are starting to fill in the blanks, okay? All right, we got to roll the P's here, okay? Sanctification. Now, not that we don't or won't sin anymore, right? Because I still have this flesh that I battle, right? I'm still clothed in the righteousness of Christ, but I still have this fleshly nature. And this sanctification process that is continuing to grow and stretch me and be, causing me to be more like Christ, that's why I need to be able to hear God's Word so it can continue to grow me. Why? Because sanctification frees me from the power of sin in my life. And number three, glorification. What a glorious day that will be when my Jesus, 
I shall see. And we will be in His presence, and sin will be no more. So have you figured out the blank yet? Glorification, I'm freed from the presence of sin. So there's your three steps. So even so, as I go back and think, okay, the implanted word which is able to save your souls is a process because I'm still in this process. Yes, I am justified. Home is my heaven. And there's no doubt about it. But I'm in this sanctification process where God is using His Word and His Holy Spirit to continue to grow and stretch me to be more like Him. And one day I will be glorified when I'm in His presence. What's the point? As we hear... God's Word, it should continue to change us. So as I look back and think even over the last several years, I could give you some specific things that were strongholds and struggles in my life three, four, five years ago that are not the same today. God be glorified. Why? Because I am in this sanctification process, I want to hear God's Word, and I want to affect my life and change me to be more like Christ, because I am not a slave to sin any longer. I'm a servant to Christ. So even as we're going through the rest of this time here, think, are you different today than you were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago? Again, we're talking about genuine faith. And if you're the same exact person you were five years ago, I'm glad I'm not. So, so first, let's look at verse 22 again. Look at verse 22. Hey, I got my straw today, by the way. Remember last time? All right, see if this will work. Okay, we're good. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Honestly, the rest of the message is just talking about this be a doer, not a hearer. This is not rocket science. This is not tough to comprehend, but the following out may be what's difficult here. Number two, genuine faith always leads to action. Genuine faith always leads to action. This doer here gives the idea that it is constant and continual. This is not a just a one-time done, I did, I'm done. A doer is something that is a continual, like that sanctification process we talked about. It is a continual growth. So how do you know if something is genuine? Uh, I, was, I was thinking, as I was thinking of an illustration to throw in here, I was, I, I've been involved in sports my whole life. And uh, if it was a ball or anything resembled a ball, and I'd play it. Probably volleyball and basketball, probably my, at least they've kind of come to be my most, co- uh, sports that I coach the most. And so I, I mistakenly played volleyball in college one year, and that was the downfall of it all. I ended up coaching volleyball for a long time because um, I was the most experienced because most people don't play volleyball, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, but basketball really was my love. That would really be my first sport, my, my passion. And so I remember a team that I coached. This was really early on uh, when we lived in Missouri. And probably the most athletic team, not the best team, but this was an eighth grade team. I had like seven or eight basketball players. There's a difference between someone who plays basketball and a basketball player. There's a difference. All right. This, they had like seven or eight basketball players. These guys were, I mean, it made me look good. I'm like, hey, here's a ball, just go out there. And they were, this, this was a blast. 
So we actually, uh, we did very well, but there was one tournament that we entered. Our high school team uh, was in this tournament, and one of the other teams dropped out, so they needed a team, like, last minute. We're like, this is a high school tournament. We'll come. We ended up placing third of this this eighth-grade team. It was awesome. And these guys were, and they ended up, I mean, they really worked and honed their skills as basketball players. I mean, it's something that they, I mean, it was, you could tell they cared and they poured their life and desire into basketball. They ended up going undefeated their senior year. I wasn't coaching them then, but they ended up going undefeated. I mean, that was, that was fun. Okay. Some of you probably in here would say, yeah, I'm a basketball player. Yeah, let's go see what you got. Okay. Just because you tell me you're a basketball player doesn't mean jack right? Okay. Just because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. In fact, just because you say, you tell me you're a Christian, we have a lot of that in our community, doesn't mean you're a Christian, right? That's the whole point of James. This is the whole point of James, is I want to see, you're all about works? No, we talked about that two weeks ago. I don't want to hear how good you are at something I want to see, right? James here reminds us that genuine faith always leads us to do. It leads us to action. Let me give you a verse here, Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. I think we'd all agree that a spiritual test is our conduct or our behavior, so Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Why? Because the things that we're passionate about, that are part of who we are, our desires, our inward desires are part of our heart, affect our mind and will affect our words and our actions, and it becomes who we are. Why? Because our conduct matters. Our conduct is a test of our genuine faith. Now, salvation is through what? Faith alone in Christ alone. We talked about this two weeks ago, but it is validated by my my works, my conduct. Here's another great verse, Matthew 7. Look at a few verses, 17 through 20. Matthew 7, 17 through 20 says, So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So we're talking about what? We're talking about our conduct and our behavior. Again, don't be a hear only. We're hearing this morning. Okay? Don't be a hear only. Be a doer. Right? By their fruits, ye shall know them. So James is saying what? What we do or don't do is a reflection of who we really are. Now, you may ask yourself, okay, then, then who are we to be? What, what are we supposed to be doing? Let me just throw out a couple verses here. I think they'll be on the screen. John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what? What I command you, as Jesus is speaking here. 1 John 2, 3 says, and by this we know that we have come to know him. That's what we're talking about here. Do we have genuine faith? What does that look like? And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Then verse 4 gives the contrast of this. Whoever says, I know him but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth 
is not in him. So we just talked about, don't tell me you're a good basketball player and then go shim on the court. You can't even dribble, right? Don't tell me you're a Christian if it's not real and you don't have anything to back it up. There's no fruit in your life. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commands. If you're not doing the basic things of just obeying God's word, and you say you're a Christian, you're lying. That's what that says. That's not what I said. That's what the Bible says. So let's not make this complicated. Genuine faith obeys God's word, keeps his commandments. Okay, that's great. You guys could have all come up here and, and, and said that this isn't this is real hard to comprehend, right? We can hear God's word and do it. So obey God's word. Got it. Thanks, Mike. So I was thinking through this past week, I was thinking, when I think back through, what have I heard over the last month or two? Let me give some that came to my mind. I know that we have been presented with fulfilling the Great Commission. So I'm asking myself, I've heard that. Am I doing what I heard God's Word tell me that I'm supposed to be doing and sharing my faith? Am I doing that? A, a good group of us were at Secret Church a week, week and a half ago for a good number of hours. Did that affect you in any way? So I'm thinking back. You know what? We were challenged to download an app. Maybe some of you are sitting there tonight thinking, I'm going to download that app. I'm going to pray every week or daily for one of these unreached people groups. I'm going to give to missions. And maybe there are certain things that that night you thought, I'm going, I'm going to do this. You heard. Right, two weeks ago, we talked about controlling your anger. Right? We talked about being quick to hear, slow to speak. Maybe that day, two weeks ago, God convicted you about something that you need to work on this, whatever that was. You heard God's word. Three weeks ago, I think it was, Jeff preached a message that he titled, Discipleship Demands Sacrifice. What was it in that message, if you can think back with me, that you may have been sitting there hearing God's Word, thinking, I need to sacrifice in this way. God has prompted me to do this. I've got, I need to take this action. We heard God's Word, right? Okay. We have heard a handful of times we've had opportunity to give. We've heard our responsibility to be able to give back to the Lord what God has entrusted to us. Has that led to any action in your life? Men, there's a good number of men that are here today that are in men's groups. Okay, we're being challenged in lots of different ways. We're hearing God's Word. We're reading God's Word, even the books that we're... And I know some of you have put some things into action in your life. Great. That's the point. We've heard ladies' Bible studies. Some just finished. Some are still going. You're hearing God's Word. Right? Your personal time with the Lord. God is speaking to you. I hope you're having personal time with God. God is speaking to you. You're hearing God's word. What's the point of giving that list? Can you sit underneath the preaching and teaching of God's word? If you go back and look at the last month, two months, three months, if all you've done is hear God's word, why bother? So you're thinking, what have you put in your life? What action is there? That's the whole point of James. Anybody can come in here and sit and hear God's word. Big deal. How has it changed your life? If you can sit and listen to the gospel preached and God's word preached and his commands preached time and time and time and time and time again, and there's no change, 
James is saying, you better check yourself. I'll say it again this morning. Maybe when I say that, in your head, you're not, you know, I know my faith is genuine, so maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, then let's go back and put some action to those things. And maybe that's the challenge for you this morning. So don't just be a hearer of God's Word. True, genuine faith always leads to action. MacArthur puts it this way, and this is on your sheet as well. It's not a question of claiming. It's a question of living. Obedience to the Word of God is the most basic spiritual requirement and the common denominator of all true believers. What have you done with God's Word? Luke 6. Luke chapter 6, 46 through 50. The words will be on my screen. You can turn there if you want. Let's, let's read through. This is a great passage for exactly what we're talking about this morning. kind of mirrors even what James is talking about in James 1. So Luke 6, starting in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them. Does that sound familiar? All right. We came to church we heard God's word right, and does them. Okay, don't just come and hear. Do. All right, what, what about it? Okay, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. Oh, let's see what he's like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. We could sing this song, right? I sang a song two weeks ago. I'm, I'm done. And when a flood arose, okay, let me ask you this. Just because you come hear God's word and you obey and even put it into action, does that mean no trials ever come your way? It's in this passage too, okay? So yes, I'm hearing God's word and I do them. When a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built because we are on the solid foundation. Contrast that, but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So again, it's not that no hardship, you're going to be free of hardship if you just obey God's word. We still have challenges. Some of you have had a difficult week, okay? It's been a, there's challenges. Even when you're living in accordance to God's word, but a marriage built on the truth of God's word will be strong and will last even when difficulty comes. A family that is built around obeying God's word will be solid and will withstand the challenges that come. A business that is run by the principles found in God's word will have a solid, sure foundation. So live with a desire to be in obedience to God's word. Now, let's contrast these two responses, okay? So hear God's word and do them. Okay, verse 23, verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer, so we're back in James, back in James 1, verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Now, we all get the analogy here, right? So here I am. I, I look in a mirror. We've all looked in a mirror, okay? 
and we see something that needs to be fixed. Okay, so the mirror in this passage is what? The, the Word of God. All right. So as I was thinking about this this morning, the, the Word of God is what I should be looking at for it to point out areas in my life that need change. I think what often happens, though, is we pick up different mirrors. I think sometimes we can pick up maybe a mirror of a relationship, a friendship, and we look in that mirror and we say, I think I need to change that so I can be more like them or so I can be happy. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, society holds up a mirror, right? If you look like this, then you'll be successful. Or if you do work here or make this amount of much money, then you'll be a success. And we hold up that mirror like as if that is supposed to be what we're supposed to change. I think a big one for us, young people and old people, social media, Facebook, and we have, this is like, this is what our identity is supposed to be like. And if I, if I change, ooh, I think I need that. I need to look like that. Or I need to change this about my life because then I'll, okay, we're looking in the wrong mirrors. Why? Because the Bible, the Word of God is my standard. We listen to a lot of other things. Okay, let's hear God's Word. So here, so here we have this man, right, that looks intently. This man looks intently. What, what was that? It's not just a passing by. So there's a careful, cautious intention of intently looking. And I look carefully and cautiously, and I see something that needs to be changed. But then what happens? He turns and forgets what he saw. Now, right when I read this, I thought of, I thought of an illustration, all right? So this was, again, I was actually a teacher um, at a school in Missouri. And so have you ever looked into a mirror and then kind of got distracted by something else and left, and then you realized you forgot about what you were supposed to do. Well, this happened because this teacher, this lady, um, she was frequently late to teachers' meetings, um, which, is, which is just adds to the funny of the story. So we have about 30 teachers that are sitting in this teacher meeting, and the door is in the front of the room, so there's no way you can sneak in late. You are, you're literally walking right in front of everybody. So the administrator's in the front, and she walks in, um, so she sees his back, but then sees all of the 30 of us or so faces of, of all the teachers just kind of watching her. You're late again. But that's not what was funny. What was funny is she must have, um, in, in the course of getting ready in the, in the morning, she must have been somewhat distracted. At some point, she's looking in the mirror, but then she wasn't looking in the mirror, and she forgot that she had a curler right in the front of her her head, right here, bam. That was awesome. <laughs> we all had a good laugh. But it was one of those things, I thought, okay, I don't, she had no clue, all right? I don't know how you missed that. I don't know, how, she must not use her rearview mirror. She, oh, I got a curl in my hair, but whatever. Uh, at some point she saw, and what, she was distracted by something and forgot. Okay, that, that's the image here. We see something that's in our life and we forget. Has it ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me. Think of even the examples that I gave. You could, with earnest expectation and thought right here, even today, it could happen today. You think, Mike shared this one thing, all right? And I had, this, I had every intention, like, I, right when I leave today, I'm going to go take care of this. It might, it might be that I mentioned pornography. That might be the one thing that God is just like a light bulb straight, like, you've got to deal with this. How many times has this happened to us where I'm, I'm going to give I'm going to give, and God lays an amount on your heart, but you walk out the building, you go get lunch, and nothing ever happens, right? Like, that's exactly what it's saying here. We get away from the, 
the intense desire that we have to please God and follow through this action, we leave and we, the, the, the feeling goes away and we forget what we have desired to act upon. So this imagery here, God's word confronts, we see a flaw, but we don't put it into immediate action. So the here only, what? We get distracted. But then, verse 25, you with me? Verse 25, but, you with me? Verse 25, but, contrast this, the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no here who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So here we have this one who hears and acts. It says what? He will be blessed. Now, you go to that phrase, the one who looks in the perfect law, the law of liberty. So God's word is this perfect law. You may say, well, I don't live under the law. I live under grace. Okay. But we still have God's law. In fact, uh, Jeff preached about this whenever he was back in Matthew 5, 17 through 20. We could read through this. Jesus came to what? Fulfill the law, not to abolish it, right? So how can law provide freedom or liberty? I was thinking of some of our people even here um, in our church this morning and, and some watching online that they have been under the bondage of sin. Maybe it was a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or even the area of pornography where they were that slave to sin, but once they submitted themselves to the Word of God and became obedient, what is there? When I put my my life and my action my kind of under the law of God and His commands, there is great freedom and liberation because I'm not a slave to sin any longer. So he who looks into the law of liberty, there's liberation and freedom. And then it says, perseveres. Perseveres, I love that. Why? Because it's not just, I make it, it's a done deal, right? It's a continuous, sanctification, right? I still struggle. You still struggle. But it is a perseverance that until I become glorified, this sanctification process is a continual growing and becoming more like Christ. So what is James challenging us through the Word of God is to persevere. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, then it says what? He will be blessed in his doing. Now, we like the word blessed because that sounds great, and we have an understanding of what we think we want blessed to mean, right? Right? So, blessed means I live on the lake, I got a boat, I got a big house, I don't have any financial worries, and sickness never comes to my house. Okay, that might be blessed. Okay, that's not what blessing is necessarily meaning here, okay? Those things are great, all right? Blessing doesn't mean you just have an easy ride with all of your comforts. But you know what blessing does come with obedience to God's Word? Peace. Do you know how many people live on the lake with a big boat and a big house with no financial burdens that are miserable? I'll take peace in my life. And a conscience that is guilt-free, and I'm not perfect, I have my struggles, but you know what? A life that is living in accordance to God's word, there is peace. That's, that's a pretty great blessing. The blessing, I don't think this is on your sheet, it should have been. The blessing is not in the hearing, the blessing is in the doing. I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad most of you are listening. You're hearing God's word Sunday after Sunday, 
But the blessing is not in the hearing. The blessing is in the doing. Just think if I approach the Word of God like this every time. Jeff alludes to this many times. Do we just come through the hustle and the bustle of a Sunday morning, getting all the kids in the car and the chaos of what I know a Sunday morning can be like, and we plop into our seat and, oh, hope I like the songs this morning. The songs were awesome this morning, by the way. Message. Okay. Do we come, listen, do we come with this attitude of, God, what are you going to teach me today that I need to change to be more like you? Is, is that your heart? I think too often we can joke about it, but I think our heart and attitude and mindset is, I, I hope I like the songs this morning. Hope they don't pick that song. I, I don't like that. They don't really sound very good on that song. Is that, what you, is that what you come into church? If you think church is about you, maybe that's what your thought is. Just think if we would come to church every week with God Show me in my life the Word of God, that mirror. Show me what I need. So when I hear God's Word, and then I'm going to act on it, and I'm going to do. What would your marriage look like if that was your approach, that God, whenever you speak to me, I am going to change that thing in my life? How would that affect your marriage? How would that affect your business dealings, your relationships? How would that affect your family environment? If I'm going to live in accordance to God's Word, I'm not just going to be here, I'm going to be a doer and I'm going to act. How would Grace View be different if every one of us in here, when God spoke to us through His Word, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we walked out these doors and we acted every time on what God told us to do? Wow. That'd be something. That may be impossible. But you know what? Some of us are hearing and hearing and hearing, and there's no action that follows. James is saying, don't be a hearer only. Put that hearing into action. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Again, what that means in your mind and what God's means of prosperous success, we've already mentioned that about being blessed. But when, when I'm careful to do according to all that is written there, we know that life is full of challenges, right? Trials, difficulties. Some of you are in the middle of that right now. But throughout Scripture, we always see this pattern of disobedience to God's word brings hardship removal of God's blessings. So this morning, find liberty and freedom and blessing in obeying God's Word. Be a doer. Don't just be a church pew filler or a chair filler. Be here. So be here. I'm glad you're here this morning hearing. Be here, but don't stop there. Be a doer of the Word. This man will be blessed in his deed. Your last note there, Genuine faith actively obeys God's Word. Actively obeys God's Word. So commit now, right now, commit. There is something through this. Where God took something I said this morning, some area, and maybe it had nothing to do with this message, and maybe it was something that you, God brought back to your mind that a month ago you were determined to do this, and God reminded you of that. 
then act on that. Put it into action. Do what God's Word has prompted you to do. Let's close in prayer. I have been challenged this week in several areas where I did exactly the same thing that I'm confronting you about. Things where God had spoken to me about the things that I did not put into action and put into place. I know my faith is genuine and there's a desire there, but sometimes we see, we look in that mirror and then we leave and we forget what God has confronted us with. Maybe it's a discussion of when we were talking about filthiness and wickedness. Maybe there's sin in your life that is hindering even the ability for you to hear God's word. What did God bring to your mind this morning that you need to take care of that sin so you can effectively hear God communicating to you? Commit right now. I am not just going to be here. I'm going to put this this thing I'm going to put into action. I'm going to put accountability into my life so I can take care of this matter of sin in my life. I'm going to follow through and give what I had promised to give a month ago. I'm going to sacrifice this, whatever it is. Put it into action. God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you as we even sang this morning about your mercy and your goodness. You are such a good and gracious and loving God. God, help grace you to be a church that doesn't just hear God's word. Help us to be a church that goes out and lives it in our conduct, in our behavior. We take the truth of God's word and put it into our life and it emanates into everything that we do. May grace for you be, be a light to this community because we're a people that doesn't just hear. And then may we be blessed. We ask these things in your